fun. Kelly Belcher, welcome. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, so we've noted, we, we talked real quick, we noted that there's a little bit of a video delay if somebody's watching this, but it sounds clear. So I think the sound is what's most important. So we'll rock and roll. Right. Uh, Kelly, the mortgage mom, and I guess right off the bat, I'm curious, like, what, how'd you come up with the mortgage mom? And is it like a marketing thing or is it just cause you know, you're a mom that does mortgages? Well, I guess both. So I, it's Michigan Mortgage Mom because I did, I guess, like dabble in doing business out of state and it's just not for me. There's way okay. too many different title rules and, you know, everything like that. So I figured I'm going to stay in Michigan. I'm a Michigan girl and um, um, I'm a mom. So um, basically marketing, but also I, you know, I really like, you know, like ordering things like you know, uh, I embroider like basically everything, like my jacket right now. <laughs> yeah. And so a good, a good thing, like a good, uh, like I guess talking feature if I'm out and someone asks me or, you know, it's my yeah. business. So. Okay. But key mortgage is the company, right? Key mortgage is our broker. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, I so sorry, say that again. I said I work for key mortgaging cause there's still a delay. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. And okay. and so um, obviously, I know what a mortgage broker is, but um, you know, I'll uh, I'll ask so that we can clarify. Mortgage broker, you know, what is it? What do you do? Why a mortgage broker versus maybe a bank or you know uh, something like that? What's what's the big difference? What's the advantage to your client? Okay. So for us, um, we were a branch of a lender, like a local lender. Um, the, mm -hmm. the main, when we did go broker about six years ago, um, the main difference was, uh, pricing. So we're able to shop pricing and products with different lenders. So, um, we basically broker out the loan based on the scenario to different lenders. Um, and we're able to shop interest rate costs and everything and programs. So it, as long as, you know, for us, like the advantage is to get a better price for clients. Sure, um, <clears throat> and if if somebody, I mean, so do you still? Um, I'm trying to think of how to word this since I know kind of like the the background of how how it works. Essentially, it's just like um, if you go to a, a certain store, there's different prices, right? Like, so if I shop and I buy a pair of uh, lucky jeans from the lucky store. If I buy them from Macy's, if I buy them from the lucky outlet, they, they presumably might be the same pair of jeans, but they might be a different price because they right. all have their own costs associated. And so I guess similarly, you probably work with lenders that they also do their own lending and therefore they have their own pricing. Right. Um, and so, and we, so yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You can cut me off and you can explain your business better no, than I can. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, so it's like basically re retail versus wholesale. So okay. um, retail meaning, um, you know, with like a retail lender, you would have like overhead. So there's managers and there's, they're paying managers and underwriters and processors and post closers and everything like that. So you have all of that overhead as, as a retail lender with a mortgage broker 
there's very little overhead. So it's basically us as the loan officer. We do have an in-house processor and I do have a, a loan officer assistant, um, but I pay them out of my commission. So it's not getting passed down to um, the client. So basically what it is is that we're given wholesale rates. We have competitive wholesale lenders that we um, choose to work with. And then um, we basically just shop with our lenders. So we're just we're just doing the shopping for the client. So we're just finding the best rate product price for the client. And then we're sending the loan there. And, you know, during COVID times, we also are looking into turn times. So, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it on your end, on the real estate end. Um, if you're going to a big bank or a credit union, the, there might be a lot of delays. You know, you've got people in these big banks that were working in queue and they were all sent home. Um, to quarantine or there's there's people that were laid off or whatever it may be. Um, but we're all seeing the same thing. Our wholesale lenders are seeing, seeing the same thing. So um, some of our lenders have slowed down um, with, with turn time and some of them, um, you know, ramped up and added a million new um, employees and they're just in training. So there might be a little bit of delay. I'm starting to see more same day approvals and such coming through. So um, there has been like more recent changes, but I mean, everyone's been a little bit delayed, I feel like across the board. Um, we've also got a lot of, you know, credit union denials or, you know, turn times are way too slow and they've had to come over. So um, it's just, I mean, this is obviously different times of the business too. So, but we were obviously as broker prior to COVID. So. Well, it was also the perfect storm for chaos within the industry, right? Because everybody had to go home and work and not everybody was prepared for that in a lot of ways. And then on top of that, interest rates continued to decline. And so you had, even with maybe a little less home shopping, you probably had more mortgage inquiries. Um, right. And so it was like, you know, every, everyone's getting slammed and you don't have your usual processes. And I know from working virtually and doing Zoom meetings before they were cool. Um, you know, I was the the hipster of Zoom meetings, man. It was like it was cool before now. And uh, but I know that it's like it's not perfect, right? Because um, if I have a simple question for you, if I'm working with you slash for you, and I have a very simple question. Um, maybe even because somebody wrote who the guy works for and I'm not a hundred percent what this says, I'm not as likely to easily zoom you up or even maybe text you as I am if I walk by your desk, you know, right. um, because I know I'm coming by at nine thirty anyway, so I'll bring my list of questions that I have for you. But since it's such a simple question, maybe I'll spend five minutes trying to decipher the chicken scratch. And then finally reach out. And I think that's a really simple example. I think it's probably a lot deeper for a lot of places and people. But, you know, I think that also, especially when we were first starting out, having these processes disrupted and maybe even more so if you're in a building like a quick and loan style building that has a couple thousand people, you know, for various departments and suddenly they're all working from home. I'm sure there was quite a lag time in getting that going. Yeah. And hopefully it's better. So I've noticed, so there was a little bit of a lag um, because of the technology, but when you're working with big technology companies like UWM, um, they were already tech 
savvy. So, I mean, they went home and they went home and worked. I mean, there wasn't too much of a setup like the lag in that. I think more of the lag was the influx of refinance applications. Um, and that was really probably the initial lag. So um, it was the refinance applications. And then obviously people work from home. They're not as more as efficient as you are. If you know, you've got, you know, cheerleaders in the background, like firing up your team and you're in that big, you know, like, you know, rah, rah kind of like, you know, atmosphere, you know, you've got that competitiveness. Now you're at home and you know, your cat sitting on your lap. It's not as, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, and I mean, obviously doing what I do, I've always worked between home and the office, but when I needed to be productive, I always went to the office. If I had a few things to do, or maybe I was just going to go on, you know, a few showings and I had an you know appointment to give someone like their, you know, their home value and thinking about listing their house. Maybe I worked from home because I, I only had a few hours here and there and I was going to be gone all day. But if I had a day where I really had to get you know, to it. I had emails, I had texts, I had phone calls to do. I had, you know, all that stuff. I would go to my office and now, well, now it's an option, but it's less of an option. And it remains a little bit less of an option because, you know, here in Michigan and here in South Lyon, we have some different school systems in place. And so, um, I have one kid home and one kid in school, um, four days a week. And so to, just be gone all day isn't going to, it still doesn't work for me. Right. So I'm still working for both. Um, and I kind of forget exactly where I was going with that other than just the process of what you do and the laziness that can come about. Right. Because like you said, when the dog, um, gives you puppy eyes, you're like, Oh, and you scratch his belly and then he's nice and warm. And then you're sitting on your couch a little bit longer than you were supposed to. So, um, it's kind of good to sort of have, a little bit of normal work life back <laughs> uh, because yeah. it was tough, especially when this all first started. Cause you also had the concern, not to say the concern's not there, but you had the concern of, am I going to get sick? You know, am I going to maybe die? You know right. I mean? Like I don't feel yeah. like I'm going to die anymore. I still am worried about being sick, but I personally feel I'm relatively right. healthy that I, I probably would make it through if I did get sick. So it was really crazy. Right. Like, and, and yeah, I'm right. sure the delay time on your side, you know, was quite a bit. So, but now we're, now we're better. And I mean, I, we wrote a contract together recently and I said, how long? And you're like, oh, 30 days is fine. And I was like, okay, good to hear. Um, and, and so like more, I don't want to bore everybody with certain details, but at the same time, I think it's so important to understand, like you have processors because you only can do so much and, and you only, you don't like, underwrite the loan you have people that do that can you explain more on what that difference looks like between you and say big box bank located you know on the corner of two main street because it's a huge difference so, yeah well basically i have like an awesome team i mean robin um has been with us and i've actually known her since like I was at Birmingham Bank Corp when I was 19, 20 years old. So, and I'm 36. So, um, we've known each other for a long time and just, you know, we really click and she knows, you know, every aspect of the business from title to closing to processing every post-closing everything. So, um, she's like my right hand for sure. And Kathy is like newer with us, but she's doing awesome and super friendly. Um, she was hired in, um, during COVID, 
um, to help like assist with uh, like updates and clients. We're I'm very into like being ahead as far as like updates to real estate agents and the clients during the transaction. So we have a very good system, like a welcome email, uh, you know, contact list and like Friday updates every Friday. Um, so our system is very, um, more like, I guess you would say like more boutique, like where, you know, you can walk in our office. So we're not, we're not hiding behind, you know, we're not in Arizona. You can easily walk in our office. You know who we are. Um, we're local. So, um, as far as like going to a bigger bank or an out of state lender, uh, you're going to, you're initially going to have like that loan officer contact. You're going to get that easy pre pre qualification that you wanted in three minutes. It's going to come through, might not be accurate, but it's going to come through fast. And, um, you might not hear from that person after your contract gets accepted. You might be thrown into a, a pool of, um, like a team. So, I mean, most of the time, like the real estate agents have no idea who the, the contact person is. And, you know, so I guess that's the biggest difference between us and like our office, then you would, you know, basically have like a bigger lender or even a broker or, you know, an out-of-state lender. So, or credit union. Well, I mean, that's, for me, that's the biggest thing. The reason that I, you know, recommend lenders that I work with is because of that ability to, call you or call, you know, someone else and they have, if you don't have the answers, you have the ability to get the answers because whether it's the fact that you guys are For in sure. the same building or you're just local or whatever. So we're all in the same time zone. That's really important. Um, there's nothing like asking a question at nine thirty in the morning and it's not going to be answered for minimally three more hours because it's only 6 a.m. where the actual yeah. like people are um and then on top of that i think the big thing can be sometimes and and there's guidelines and you have to follow them and there's you know rules and restrictions and all those things but there's also certain things that might happen in the process where um some common sense has to come into play and Mm -hmm. or you know maybe not common sense but just there's other, there's other factors, right? Everything isn't black and white, even in, you know, financing, right? And so you and your team have the ability to look at things and say, um, that we're going to be able to get this done because of this or that. Right. Yeah. So I think, um, like with our, with our background and knowledge on like guidelines and then, you know, just being able to brainstorm something if there, if a problem does arise and coming up with a solution, um, that's huge for me. So I'm like, I mean, definitely opposite of black and white with mortgage right now, especially right now. I mean, with COVID and all of the, every lender has different overlays, which means, you know, if, if, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, like X, Y, Z, one lender might need, you know, ABC too. So um, the the definite um, answer for that would be that we're always available. I mean, you can text, call, email, whatever. And I'm usually answering until 10, 11 o'clock at night and then starting back up at seven o'clock in the morning. So um, right. you'll never not be able to get a hold of, of either me or, or Kathy or Robin. So it, we're always we're just available. So we just keep ourselves available. And like, I mean, really real estate agents and, you know, past clients are, are referrals. So we don't, 
you know, buy leads. We don't, you know, advertise, um, our, we're completely referral based. So it's very important, the customer service, not only to the buyer's agent, the list agent and the clients is, is all number one. We, we train them all the same. And, and, you know, I think the big thing too, is when, if you're working, if I'm working with, and maybe the buyer's working with like a certain lenders. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that there are big institutions that still have like points of contact. So we're not necessarily trashing them. Oh, yeah. We're just more so explaining the general difference. Right. And I know, right. Um, you know, Chase is an example. They generally mm-hmm. have multiple points of contact. Now, one argument could be made that that's great because what happens to everybody if Kelly Belcher gets sick, you know, like really sick, like can't come to the computer sick, right? Now, yes, I know you have other people, but it, it there's like, it takes a couple of, you know, hours, days. I don't know. We are, we're not in that scenario. So we don't know what that process really looks like, right? Yeah. I know there's something in, in a fail safe. I know there's a plan, but it still requires somebody to say like, why we can't get a hold of Kelly for that plan to get kicked in. Whereas if I'm using, I'll continue to use Chase as I started, um, and you work for Chase, like if you don't come in and you're not at your desk, there's like somebody else that knows that, and then they can hopefully kick the process off. And whether or not they do the right process is the next question. But, you know, right. so that would, I guess, be their argument and their selling point. But from mine, it's always going to be, if there's an issue, I know exactly who to call. If there's an issue because I've worked with you or even if somebody, you know, sometimes there are certain um, other, you know, retailers that um, everyone seems to go to and maybe I've worked with that person. So having that point of contact is like just so important because um, there's a question that's going to come up sometime in the next 20 to 30 days. And I need to know how to get that question answered. And, and so the point of contact thing is huge as well as just the underwriting, you know, especially in Michigan um, where we have site condos that you and I live in, but they're actually residential properties and you work mm-hmm. with some of these lenders and they think that they're working with a condo and they're trying to, they're like, well, this isn't, you know, a condo qualified and all sort of crazy stuff. It just starts getting really nasty and really messy. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, a couple of my lenders, though, are from Michigan. So, you know, in my more, more of my AEs, I guess the two AEs that I use the most with out-of-state lenders, they're both in Michigan. So I haven't honestly had any um, site condo issues, although like in the past, that was more of an issue. But I, I understand what you're saying. So for me, like when we were when we're doing that, like first point of contact with like you know, the real estate agents and everything, there's three points of contact just in my office. So it's me, Kathy and Robin. And if you're, if you call my phone and I don't answer, you call Robin's phone, she doesn't answer, Kathy's answering or, or vice versa. So someone's answering every time that phone rings. Um, we're all knowledgeable too on, on the file. Like when you're going to go to a bigger bank and, and, you know, I don't show up at Chase but then someone else grabs it. I'm telling you that they're clueless as far as like what's going on in the file and it, you know, it's going to take some time. So, but, um, again, not to trash them because I actually did just have a situation where I know someone that went through, I think it was, it was chase and they did close in like 30 days. So, I mean, 
you between, but I'm just saying, like, it does happen. Miracles do happen. So. <laughs> um, Everybody yeah. has good and bad experience. You know, I mean, I've worked with another lender for a few years, and in the summertime, between all the delays, controllable and uncontrollable, you know, we had back-to-back bumpy closing, and one of which I would say they had more ability to control, and one of which I would say they had no ability to control. And so, I mean, I just reached out right after and was like, hey, just so you know, I know it wasn't great, but it's cool, right? Mistakes happen. Now, let's say that would have been the first time we ever did business together. Maybe I would have had a bad taste in my mouth. So maybe I wouldn't have ever wanted to work with that person again. So fortunately, it wasn't the first time. And so I knew. And that happens too, right? Like with, again, I'll just continue to use Chase throughout. So maybe the first time I ever yeah. used Chase, it was bad. I never want to use Chase again, but then the next time it's good. Okay, well then, right. you know, now I know that like things can happen in the positive. But there's just other, there's so many other things. Forget, let's just assume everybody's transaction is smooth and everybody's knowledgeable. Even the rest of the procedure, like if I close with Chase, I tell everybody it's going to take at least two hours because Chase wants you to fax or scan and email all of the closing documents before they allow you to um, do funding and and they won't send the money like a lot of people like send the money it's just sitting there they just say they want to see those documents to say go ahead and cut checks chase is sitting on the wire so if it's 1 p.m. closing you probably aren't going to be exchanging keys and saying congratulations till 3 3 30 because it takes time to send all that paperwork back, somebody to review it, and heaven forbid there is an actual little mistake. Literally, the dotting of the I's and the crossing of the T's have to be yep. done properly with them. Then if there is, you have to send them all back again. <laughs> and then finally they go, okay, we're sending the money, which yep. generally takes minimally 30 minutes because yeah. it has to well, hit the Fed. Oh, it takes a long time right now because it's so slow. <clears throat> yeah. That's what I mean, minimally, right? I'm just yeah. saying, like, best case scenario is 30 minutes. And then, finally, it hits, you know, the title company, and we're able to, you know, walk away. So, it's quite a process. So, for those reasons alone, even if every single thing was great with every single lender, I would still recommend particular people because of how that funding aspect works. Because nobody wants to be a smooth closing right. for two hours. <laughs> right. That's where like our job comes in as like your job, my job, everyone's job, like setting those expectations. So the hard thing is like you're in COVID and I'm getting, I'm, you know, you're sending me the first deal and like now I'm being judged on the first deal that you've ever sent me during COVID. So like not, not, I'm not saying you, but I'm just saying it's such a hard, it's such a hard thing, you know, because there's so many moving parts. So we're not the only one that's you know, we're not the only one that has these timelines. So we're also waiting on title and we're waiting on, you know, um, we're waiting on tax transcripts through the IRS. I mean, like try to get something through the IRS fast right now. So there's so many moving parts. And I feel like, I feel like most people have, have like kept their grace through the process and through what's been going on. Um, I feel like sometimes like it gets a little bit, you know, iffy with, you know, some people, but, you know, if everyone kind of like centers themselves and understands what's going on, if everyone's communicating, I haven't had like any issues with anything throughout the process because we're in constant communication 
Um, and we're constantly updating and we're giving, we're setting those expectations. So like with our 30 day contract, we'll get it done 30 days. Like, you know, I, I know which lender I'm sending them to because by pre-approving the person I'm, I priced them and already gathered everything to know where I'm sending them to and know what lenders, you know, what their turn times are. So I can, but if I have someone that wants to go to a lender, that's a 45 day lender, I would tell you, I would wait, you know, set that for 45 days. So there's, you know, plus and minuses throughout, sure. but well, communication is always key, not just obviously in our business, but you know, anybody's life and business, but especially there's so many people involved. There's a title company, there's an agent or two, there's a lender or two, right? Cause the seller probably has a lender that has right. to have a payoff statement. So there's, and there's maybe two title companies, maybe someone even got a lawyer involved. There's right. um, potentially a family selling and a family buying. So you have multiple people on there. So there's so many people that the communication, if it breaks down anywhere is like a huge problem. And, you know, while we all set out for this 30 day closing, if for some reason on day 25, we know it's not going to close or we think it might not, all we have to do is start setting that expectation and it might not be easy, but right. at least it can be done. <laughs> Whereas if you tell me on day 30, we're not closing, that yeah. can become a really big problem. Yeah. And then it's like a frenzy, but I agree that especially in this market, being a seller's market like this, that, you know, there, there are contingencies and there are back-to-back closing. So it is very important to be communicating with both the buyer and the list agent, just so that we're all on the same page and know what's going on. And, you know, these title companies, these, you know, they were set, you know, just like, just like lenders were set with their, you know, with their volume at the time, like no one expected this, obviously, just like in any other business or a field. So, you know, when you're staffed to handle a certain amount of title orders coming in and certain amount of closings and, you know, notary closers and the refinances, they mainly have notary closers, which if you don't know, you know, if someone doesn't know what that means, it's like, you know, you're, you refinance and then someone comes to your home and you sign on your, you know, kitchen table. So, hiring all those people and then everyone is just working to the, to their max, you know, um, just having that, again, that grace to understand that, you know, everyone's working at their capacity. Um, and as long as the communication's there, if we know that there's delays, we'll just communicate it and just, you know, figure it out as a team. Yeah. And unfortunately things do happen. doesn't matter how great any one entity is. There's still things that mm-hmm. can happen um again controllable uncontrollable just everyone makes a mistake i mean you know so people always have to keep that in mind it just sucks when that mistake happens with you you know and but let's move on right and it's like like totally a domino effect though one person i mean one person can either make a mistake or or not even a person i mean there could be a technical mistake or something didn't get sent or something like that and it's just a complete domino effect so yeah the communication so, all right, Michigan Mortgage Mom, that means you're a mom, mom of yep. three, right? Right. <laughs> so, and we'll go back to, we have different school options. Every district is different and all this stuff. You and I are both in the same district. What are your kids doing right now? Are they in school or did you go with virtual? What was the plan? Well, we're hybrid, but we're both, both of my, so we have, we have three kids, three to 13. So we have a three-year-old, 11-year-old and 13-year-old. So 
with us with a six and eighth grader in South Lyon. We've got hybrid, but their main they're only fifty percent indefinitely until they've made another decision. So fifty percent in our school district is only two days a week um, because you know you know Wednesdays they're all virtual no matter if you chose in person or what is it um, online or yeah virtual it? virtual learning path VLP. Right. So we, I mean, there's so many different like terminology here. So we did choose a hybrid for them to go in. Um, my kids with their, um, last name were in, uh, Monday, Tuesday. So this is the first week that they went two days last week. They went Tuesdays the week before that they went Mondays. So it's been a little bit of an adjustment. (laughs) I think they're, uh, they're very grateful to be face to face the two days. Um, so we're, we're trying to make it here. My husband works in a school district downriver. So he's, you know, gone during the day, but they're, they're districts face-to-face full-time. So, so you're, you know, you're there welcome was a, a to, thought You're welcome to praise or criticize whoever you want. I'm just curious, like, how do you, how are you managing that process? Like, how is that going for you? Are you like, oh, this is really good. I'm glad they chose this hybrid. Or are you going like, I'm glad I didn't have to make the decision, but, you know, F these people. <laughs> um, we actually sat down and, and spoke to them about it. So, I mean, we may, we let our kids know, like, this is the situation and, you know, we're going to make the best of it and we're going to do what we can. I mean, this is our option. So, um, you can either do virtual, you can choose to go in person. Of course, they both wanted to do in person full time, but that's not an option. So secondary in South Lions, only two full days a week. Um, and then we don't, our three and a half year old is not in school. So, <laughs> you know, we are, we always had, you know, help with childcare anyways. It's just, um, not a very good, uh, school teacher. <laughs> so right. Um, it's, you know, I, I can be a mom, but being a teacher too, at the same time is a little bit, has been a little bit more difficult. So, um, keeping them on task, I feel like we have all these task lists. I mean, I have my own and then both of my kids have theirs and you have got your house and it's, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you know, it's, you're dealing with the same thing. My life is a lot less stressful now that, cause I have a elementary or, you know, grade school mm-hmm. and middle school. So with, we initially said, okay, um, let's see how things go. So we'll do, cause they said mm-hmm. that we'd have the ability to change and uh, grade school right. trimesters and then secondary does semester. And so we said, well, if we can change, then, you know, let's do virtual. And then at the first trimester we can evaluate. And at the second trimester we could evaluate. Um, right. That plan changed and we had to make the decision <laughs> to either go back or not. And so because of that, we chose to go back and so far so good as far as health, um, and stuff like that. But, um, if we get rid of that aspect, it's been great for everybody because my kid is actually excited kind of to go to school, um, and right. see people and friends. And he comes out right. with a great, I mean, like even under a mask, like you can see he's smiling, you know? Um, right. and then he's home on Wednesdays, but then like my stress level went down, you know, like, right. Yeah, because my wife works Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. So, um, I'm the one here. And if I'm trying to work, um, it's difficult, you know, because he wants to ask me a question and I don't want to not answer a question. 
And at the same time, I don't want to be interrupted. So it's so difficult. And I honestly have always felt for a lot of parents, especially people that don't work in a job that has a work from home option. You know, if you work for Meyer, you don't have the work from home option. You don't get to Meyer at home. And so I don't know what they're doing, you know? Um, And, uh, but you know, it's, it's definitely gotten, it definitely lowered everybody's stress. And I think that my kid is doing even better. He was doing okay in the virtual program, but I think he's doing even better because he's in person. He can ask questions or help. And plus the teacher can like walk around the class, you know, and that's huge, especially if they're writing or she can look over your shoulder. He's obviously passed two plus two, but she can look over your shoulder and say, "Mm, two plus two is not six. Let me see what he's doing wrong. Right. And, um, and that's, like so so big besides the social interactions and all those other things just the ability because you can't do that in a virtual room you know for sure and so my other son is doing the virtual program through hopefully the first semester and then be back in person but that exact thing like he didn't do good on a math test well every day that he's done with school he says how easy school was you know or not how easy but he's like yeah it was easy I got it you know um, he's had a few questions, but then he takes a test and he got a D on the test and, um, and he was upset and he's like, well, uh, he was able to redo it. And I think yeah. he got like the same grade and we're like, so either he doesn't understand how to turn it in. He doesn't understand a concept or he, do- but it's difficult to grasp what the problem is. Especially, again, he's obviously not doing two plus two. But if I say, well, what, what is two plus two? And he's like, four. I'm like, okay. So he gets the math. He doesn't right. understand something else. But I don't know what he doesn't understand because I'm not in the virtual program personally. Right. So there's, there's definitely a lot of uh, difficulties. I mean, it, it could be way worse. This is way better oh. than it was when we came home in March. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think like the March, the, the difference between... March and now, um, like March, they were kind of told this isn't really for a grade. And now it's like, this is the real thing here. So yeah, which that like added stress that I feel like emotionally for these kids. So I'm, that's what, that's like the negative that I'm seeing is that, you know, the stress that it's causing, you know, to try to get all this done and kind of not get the concept of a lot of the things. Um, a lot of what I've seen is, you know, they're they're jumping from their Google Meet to do, like Cami to other things. So every teacher's doing something different. I feel like we're starting to get the hang of it. We did, you know, a twelve parent teacher conference on uh, Google Meet last week. So you know, they're kind of all all the teachers are so awesome in our district, and you know, very um, positive. And you know, this is what we're dealt with, and we're gonna get them through this. And then once we're back face to face, I mean, I think the majority of the teachers kind of wanted to be teaching in the classroom that's what they how they learn to teach is you know face to face so um you know but obviously there's the health risk too so we need to be you know cautious of that and everyone has their own views on that and um you know i i feel like we're we're in the right steps i think right now so i'm excited for them to be back though at least the two days because that does i could tell already like the emotional like help that that's given them just being there has really benefited them for sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, just, uh, 
to seeing some of their friends. Although I guess lunchtime, they have to be like still separated that I know that the, the middle schoolers and high schoolers already are like buried in their phone, but yeah. um, talking to a neighbor uh, whose uh, kid didn't have a cell phone. And I mean, and again, I know that kids are dramatic and they think that not having a cell phone is a big deal, but he was like really bent out of shape because he couldn't really talk to anybody. <laughs> Because they they have to sit like six feet apart. And then he was the only person that didn't have his cell phone because everyone else, they're like, well, if I got to sit so far apart, I'll just do my phone, you know? Um, So uh, it's, I guess we continue. You'll always have these weird things, you know, that, that we're upset about as, you know, kids, right? But um, this is a new one. I, I feel like, you know, you probably noticed this too, but football has like really helped this year. I mean, Andrew only did flag before, but it's been so awesome this year. And just the coaches are like amazing. And that's really helped. I think like mentally, like, you know, keeping, keeping focused really. For sure. Um, which again was its own interesting thing, right? Because first we weren't going to have football then we did have football and, then like with football, you know, and I've noticed every district, they normally have one more team, but you know, kids chose not to come back because they were starting other sports already chose not right. to come back because it was a health risk chose not to come back because we had to play a sport with a mask. I mean, so many reasons, right. um, you know, that we chose not to do it, but you know, it, it certainly has helped him, you know, just get okay. out, be active, be with some friends, meet new people, um, you know, stuff like that. The coaching I feel like is awesome because I think like having someone face to face, like instructing, like the instruction part has been awesome for him yeah. at least. Nope. I agree. Um, and it comes back, comes back to what is generally great about sport. doesn't matter if you're team sport or not. It's learning, it's instruction, it's regiments, it's, you know, all this stuff, you know, um, Hi, welcome back. Oh, see ya. Um, I can still hear you. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, and so like football is a team sport, obviously. And so it's, it's that, um, that whole thing, you know, get to practice at a certain time, do certain drills, do, it's just, I think it's just good for people. I don't know. Um, I like to exercise, you know, a few days a week, at least I I like to exercise six days a week. I just don't. Um, And, but I mean, there was a day like just last week I was, I knew I was just kind of frustrated and rather than lifting weights or riding the bike, it was a day that I did like a boxing leg exercise so I could get some of that stress and and aggression out. And, but I'm an adult who I've been working at this for almost 40 years. I've figured some things out, you know, these kids are kids. They don't know, they don't have any idea and they don't have outlets. So having sports has been super helpful for sure for sure i feel the same anything else that you want to talk about about mortgages or schools or just anything uh before (laughs) i say all right cool thanks for joining us (laughs) so i can't think i mean the working out thing i definitely need to join your your group more so (laughs) yeah well and 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 so you know we have a a facebook group that anyone is welcome to join it's just you know kind of like a fitness and nutrition thing it's really there for support it's there for questions it's there for you know whatever i mean if you want to 
log on every day and brag about, you know, your workout, um, you'll, you won't drive like these folks crazy, right? Whereas if you're on Facebook and Instagram posting your workout every day, people are finally be like, okay, Kelly, we get it. You work out. <laughs> um, but uh, that's the purpose, right? So, um, you know, you or anyone else definitely uh, join, be active. And uh, there's, it's, it's, um, it's like uh, Planet Fitness, no judgments, yeah. judgment-free zone, right? Yeah, so judge- um, it- you can come on in October and then come back in November and say, I didn't work out all of October and no one's there to shame no you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, awesome. Well, I, I know I, what's that? I said it was so nice for you to invite me to yeah. your. Yeah. And, um, you know, kicking, <laughs> kicking back off. So we used to be brokers and brewers. Now we're a cup of Joe with Joe Muck, of course. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be coffee, but we're, we're getting together in the morning. So coffee was for us. And, uh, you know, have a little social drink and, and hopefully in 2021, I'll do more of these in person, but the zoom meeting works out good because you and I could walk to each other's house. We back up to each other's <laughs> subdivision, but it would still just seem right. odd. And that's something I should note. So <laughs> I've gone out a few times and of course, um, like at a restaurant, you know, I, I went out with some friends over the weekend and it's so weird when you walk in together that like you don't walk in together, you meet and you don't like shake anyone's hand, give anyone a hug, you know, anything like that. Even if it's people that you see all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's so strange. Um, and, uh, Perception, yeah, for sure. I don't know. I don't know if that's ever going to change. Cause I know like germaphobes are like, Oh man, finally you understand why I haven't wanted to do these things. <laughs> you know, well, it is. I have had like a couple people shake my hand and I'm like, oh. right. <laughs> like, supposed to do that did anyone see you know yeah so and sanitizer sanitizer. yeah i had two two closings this month that both were kind of like oh you know i want to shake your hand and i was like dude let's just shake hands i'm like (laughs) i have hand sanitizer in my car that's where i'm going you know we've we've seen each other for the last 30 days right i know kind of what you're doing i feel pretty safe we could shake hands you know i mean like we're not exchanging kisses here, you know? Um, so, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, that part has definitely been a little bit different and, um, hopefully, hopefully one day people can kind of choose to do that and not feel awkward. But I don't know, like I say that I know a lot of people that they've said, I I'm glad we don't shake hands anymore. I'd never, you know, it's going to be the same, like with masks, I feel like too, even though, even when it's like not mandated, I feel like there's going to still be people that wear them and that's fine. Yeah. Well, I've said, I mean, like it makes sense to go to the grocery store and have a mask on so that you're not like sneezing, coughing, breathing, just, just breathing. Right. Like just when we talk to each other, if I'm with, you know, someone and I'm with a kid and they've asked me for Swiss cake rolls three times, and now they're going to ask me for the fourth time. I'm likely to go, no, right? And that does like kick out a little bit extra, you know, fluid that we don't see, and it's hitting that shopping cart. I've always thought shopping carts were disgusting, so oh, yeah. I don't mind if we have to wear masks in the store for the rest of our lives, you know. <laughs> I know. I've always used the Lysol wipes for sure when they have them available at the front of the store. So me too. Uh, but I yeah, me too. That um, you know, Clicklist and the shipped and all that other stuff. That's gonna you know probably really blow up too, though. You know, mm-hmm. oh, the 
free services. I mean, we, we were using them before just because our life is hectic, but I feel like a lot of people are using those and, and which is good because it's creating, you know, people like side money and jobs for people. So yeah, some extra jobs, um, you know, again, they're not, they shouldn't be jobs that you're relying on for the rest of your life for all of your income, but they are providing some jobs. And, and hopefully as time goes on, they become more entry level jobs, you know, for people again, because I think that we've noticed obviously a huge lack in entry level jobs, um, Mm -hmm. outside of maybe restaurants or something like that. And everyone's not cut out to work at restaurants and fast food industries. So, you know, to have some other options out there, I know I, um, I go to Whole Foods a couple times a month and especially now that they're linked with Amazon too, um, I went to the restroom on my way out and there were like 20 shoppers that had, that had like, they were in like this uh, little corner where they have to like do their special checkout. Oh, and it was nuts how many people were over there and how much groceries was over there. So for sure, I think a big way of the future. And like I say, I mean, just, just more job, more opportunity, you know, as we might need less cashiers for various reasons or less baggers or something like that but you're not losing jobs because you still have these folks, you know? So maybe there's even more jobs, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think so. So awesome. Well, thanks Kelly. Appreciate you joining. Appreciate your insight into the mortgage industry and just general some conversation. Yeah. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one. Bye.